This is a sort of Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to a sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. And today we have a very special guest with us. He is a dad, a Lego master, a master of mind and behavior, one half of the Hello from Elsewhere podcast. And probably the friend I've known the longest without have ever meeting in person. Welcome, Casey Winters. Hello. Hello. That that's probably true for me too, actually. I've never thought about that sort of metric of who do I know the longest but have never met. Um, Why it could be you. It yeah, could be. I hold that hold that position for you. It's been well, a while, so I thought uh yesterday was the third year anniversary of this podcast oh. and so then i was like so then i was like thinking of like oh what are some like attributes that i can say about casey i'm like well i've known him pretty much from the beginning almost from the beginning so yeah. it's almost been three years that i've known you yep. and or have known of you um i never knew who i was talking to you or valerie when i was messaging <laughs> uh, it was me but okay yeah okay. You, you didn't know that but no. it was me <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, so we are here to talk about uh, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, <laughs> starring Diego Luna. I, I watched wish. it. Took some notes in preparation. Oh, wait, we're not. We're not talking about. <laughs> we could Dirty we Dancing, could. Havana I'd love, Nights. I'd love to hear your notes on that. <laughs> that was one that uh, when me and Melody were dating, uh, we watched. I think she had it on DVD. I think it's since been forgotten and lost, but. Uh, that was one that we watched together, and I didn't. I had never seen the original Dirty Dancing. Still haven't. Yeah. Uh, but I knew there's something I like about this guy, and I knew. Right. I knew that's how the movie was supposed to make me feel. <laughs> I've actually. I've. I've never seen the whole thing yet. I'm saying yet because I will watch it as soon as we're done recording. Actually, <laughs> I was going to watch it last night in preparation for this, but things come came up and I didn't watch yeah. it. But um, I've been meaning to because I do love Diego Luna. So I think it's about time. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. You could break it up into like 20 minute increments. So it's like a TV show. It's like weekly. You just watch 20 minutes. No, I don't want to do that. I want to watch the whole thing. Well, then you get I to like the end. Dancing. It's like the season, season finale. It's like exciting. It's like, That's true. I could draw it out because I don't want it to end. That's <laughs> right. what you're saying. Right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. you can only watch it for the first time once. So. True. Maybe that's why I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> We're talking about Dirty Dancing, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, so uh, it is the this year, twenty twenty one is the fifth anniversary of Rogue One. So each month, I think I'm trying to at least each month pick a topic from Rogue One that we can talk about. And this month's topic is Cassian Andor. Um, and I know that Casey loves Cassian because he loves Diego Luna. I do, but I don't know why you love him so much. Could you tell us why? So. I remember distinctly seeing the the trailer, the first trailer, and there's a shot in there, and I think you guys talked about this actually in your trailer breakdown episode, um, where Cassian and Jin are in the cockpit mm, of the Ewing, yeah. and he kind of turns to her and just says, uh, you know, one word. He says like "okay" or something, right? And there's something about <laughs> that moment, and it's like his voice i just something changed inside of me and i'm not using hyperbole i am right. serious 
something changed inside of me and I was like, I love that man. <laughs> and I think part of it was this, there's like the sunset streaming through the cockpit window. Right. Yep. Um, plus he's, I mean, he's in a spaceship and I love spaceships. So that helps too. But, um, yeah, I, I, that truly was the moment I was like, Oh, I love this man. <laughs> and, uh, so I was already primed when I actually saw the movie, um, to, to love, to love Cassian. And it doesn't even bother me that that shot isn't in the movie. Like, I know there's it, it, that was kind of polarizing the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of love the fact that so little of the trailer ended up in the movie. I think it makes it fun. But oh yeah, yeah, you get so much of trailers now in movies. It's like, well, you see the three and a half minute trailer, and it's like, okay, I guess that's it. Right. Save exactly. myself fifteen dollars and not go see that one. Yeah. So. But also, just in terms of a character, the character of Cassie, and I really love how he was. He's one of the best um, instances of a of a gray character mm-hmm. and of this sort of morally ambiguous. Because I, I think Disney has done a really good job of adding more of that moral ambiguity, especially in these side stories, um, starting with Rogue One. But you see it in Solo and you see it in The Mandalorian. But Cassian, you know, among those was like the first because that introductory introductory scene we see of him, he oh, shoots yeah. that informant in the back and you're like, wait. I thought he was good. I thought this guy was a rebel right. uh, on the rebellion. Like there's, it, it was shocking. And um, so I just love that. He's one of those first to blur those lines of, of loyalties and morality. Um, and really rogue one as a whole, all the characters, or at least most of them do that in some way. You know, Jin has that um, of course, Galen and saw um, Bodhi, you know, changing sides, but Cassian was just like the first. And so that's, that's one reason that I, really adore him um yeah, yeah this this movie shows more of like the darker side of um what it takes to complete a good cause um because like there's he goes on later and later in the movie he talks about like talking about things that they've all done that yeah. they've like it sounds like he regrets them or like the things that like he didn't want to do yeah. but he was working towards this good cause and it's just interesting to think about like all the bad stuff you have to do to complete something good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you're talking about, <clears throat> Oh, you didn't mention his accent at all. That was strange. I, I wanted to actually that. So I have more <laughs> oh, yeah. under this bullet point. Of yeah. Why oh, yeah. else I love. That was just, that was just bullet point two. Like I've got five, two, six, a, two, six, a one, yes. two, a one. Yes. A. Yes. So the accent is one. Um, I love the accent and, um, not just because I ha- have a huge crush on Diego Luna, but also, um, just in terms of representation, having a character mm-hmm. that kept his Mexican accent was huge. Um, for a lot, a lot of people of, of Hispanic, um, culture and, and Latinx, um, heritage, that was huge to see someone, not just see someone like them on screen, but hear someone like, them. right. Um, there's all kinds of amazing stories of people, uh, just, just feeling so seen as they, mm. um, seen and heard, you know, as they saw Rogue right. One. And I think that's really important. So, um, I love it. I love the accent for selfish reasons, but also, <laughs> um, b- because of that is really just really powerful. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of, in Star Wars, you get a lot of, I would say American and British accent. Right. I feel like they're yeah. like the two that you get. Um, anything yeah. outside of that is like a total another language. You know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, there's the, 
I don't want this to turn into Diego Luna like thirst <laughs> podcast. So this is probably the last part. But like, okay. there's this cute little smile that he does, but it's really rare because Cassian's such oh, a serious yeah. character. Right. But when he does it, I mean, it's it's heart melting. So just watch for that. Um, <laughs> be careful. Are you saying like watch for it? Like keep an eye out for it, or like? Yeah. watch for that like be careful of that because it'll draw you right because in. it'll change you yes. yeah it'll yeah <laughs> take caution it'll shift your life yeah <laughs> uh, oh, i also really love um his relationship with k2so that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. you know like there's this this old idea in, in comedy like old films like uh, abbott and costello where you have the so-called straight character, the serious character, mm-hmm. um, and then the one that's slightly more comedic. And in this case, Cassian's the the more the straight character, and then K two is a little more, um, you know, he's sarcastic and and sardonic and a little bit dark, but <laughs> comedic. And uh, I just love that they're um, just how well they work together in terms of right. being opposites personality wise. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, he's so serious, um, and uh, Alan Tudyk did a amazing job with k2so yeah, i mean so good i honestly when i saw it for the first time i didn't think of it being alan tudyk i found that out after the fact i think but oh yeah um now i can't separate them now that i know who it is um right. i don't know it's just yeah it's a great balance between the two of them yeah for sure and i don't know if diego luna is that serious and stoic most of the time or if it's just cassian is that way i think it's more cast like if you watch um like if you watch interviews and stuff, he's a pretty, um, he's just a little, he has some lightness to him. He's okay. comedic. He's funny. He's, um, he'll say, he'll tell funny stories from the set or, <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever, if you've heard the whole Diego Luna and Jabba the Hutt oh, debacle yes, thing. He wants to like feel Jabba the Hutt. Yes. <laughs> he wants to touch Jabba. <laughs> yes. Well, and <laughs> so he, he talks about how in, you know, when you're on these interview circuits, you need to find like a few talking points. Otherwise you're going to go crazy trying to find something new to say each time. Right. And plus they're doing press junkets for star Wars. So they can't really say anything of substance without spoiling anything. So he has to find something that's just kind of a little silly. And so you would talk about how he just likes the texture of Jabba and wants to touch him (laughs) like in the belly. And, but the internet, of course, when they hear something like that, they take it and run with it. Right. Um, And so now he really regrets saying that because it's like, (laughs) He's like, I don't love Jabba. It's just it, he has an interesting texture. But right. people assume that like Jabba's his favorite character and they'll send him a giant Jabba figurine on his 40th birthday and things like that. And he's like, please stop. I don't love Jabba. It's just he looks interesting to touch. So Yeah, that yeah. Now that you say that, like that that scene uh with Salacious Crumb when he's like he's like laughing, he's like leaning back into Jabba. Like yeah. I feel like you can like feel the texture almost there. Right. Um yeah. Man. Well, and the best part is he uses, he says in his accent. So he says, because he watches Star Wars in Spanish. So he oh, says okay. it, Yaba, Yaba, which is so wonderful. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper into Cassian. Okay. Um, how do you think Cassian talk or feels about what he does for the Republic? So we talked a little bit about earlier um, how he does some stuff that he probably doesn't want to do. Like he kills that guy at the beginning of the movie. Um, and the, like, how does he cope with it? How does he uh, justify it? 
Um, just wondering what your thoughts are on that as a um, master of the mind and behavior. Do you like how I put that in there? <laughs> it. Uh, I feel a lot of pressure when you put <laughs> that in there. <laughs> I put I put Lego Master, and I was like, oh wait, he has his masters. Uh, what is his? Oh, it's in psychology. And then I'm like googling what is psychology, and it says the science <laughs> of mind and behavior. I'm like, oh, perfect. He's right. a master of mind and behavior. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I work in as I work since I work in schools as a school psychologist, people assume that you know I'm supposed to be the expert on behavior, but I'm still pretty new at it. I still mm-hmm. have a lot to learn, but I hate that when people are like, "You're the expert on behavior. Why is this kid licking desks and and smearing things on the bathroom walls?" I don't know. I don't know. You, you tell me. <laughs> Why don't you ask him? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yes, Cassian. Yes, he. Uh, I think just, you know, back to the seriousness thing, I think that's part of his coping is he gets more serious. He's not the type to use humor. You know, there's people that when they're stressed, they get more humorous or funny. And he is the type that doesn't do that. He mm-hmm. he kind of buckles down and gets serious, which I which I relate to because that's very much my personality too. I I get more serious and grim if I'm stressed. And he's clearly under a lot of stress with all the stuff that he has to do um, for the rebellion. I also think, and it's all conjecture, but I imagine he tells himself, well, at least we aren't as extreme as Sagarera's people. Right. You know, yeah. we're not doing it at that extreme level. So, um, yeah, so maybe he finds some comfort in thinking that. Um, because, like you said, we, we know he feels guilty or likely feels guilty about all the terrible things that he's done for the Alliance. Right. So. He, at that opening scene, he seems to have so little like he kills that guy pretty quick like he's thinking fast like okay what's my way to get out of the situation and he kills that guy he spends a second maybe thinking about that and then he's like okay what's my escape plan here like it's just interesting um yeah. how much he changes then to the end of the story um yeah i don't I, I watched it this time and to me it seemed like i saw more remorse on his mm-hmm. face than i had before and i think maybe i was just I don't know, paying closer attention to his face. Because you're right, it is a short amount of time. But yeah. um, I think there's something, there's a little part of him that's questioning if this is all worth it. Right. You know? I think he's mostly questioning, uh, was that worth it? Because now I got like blood and guts on my gloves. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Don't the blasters cauterize Maybe the they wounds? do. I don't know. I feel like there's Unless some like... Ponda Baba. Ponda Baba bleeds, but <laughs> yes. no one else bleeds. So. <laughs> um yeah he has people joke about him and his gloves because like oh my gloves and he has to pick up his gloves before he can give him the papers um oh right right yeah uh so one thing that i thought about um which i had this as a separate question that i didn't send to you i thought of it after the fact when i watched the movie um churit imway later in the movie says um something about he's been in many prisons and i've seen People carry their own prison wherever they go. Oh, yeah. And he says about, or no, he says, I sense that you carry your prison wherever you go to uh, Cassian. And then I'm like, well, what does he mean by that? And I thought that probably like relates directly to this question. Like he's carrying the weight of um, what he has to do in the rebellion. So um, I feel like he does feel like as being in a prison, he's like trapped um, by what he has to do for the rebellion. He has, probably when he joined, when he was six years old, he had these 
grand ideas that they're going to be free and, you know, they're going to not be under the empire anymore, all this stuff. But now that he's whatever he is, 30, I don't know, 25, whatever he's supposed to be in this movie. Um, now he's having to kill people who he knows, you know, or if you spend most of your life as a spy or um, a saboteur, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't say it as good as him. Sounding great. <laughs> Like, it's depressing, right? I mean, like, you're not seeing any of the, like, good. Like, you watch Rebels. You see them. Yeah. They go into these places. They hijack a ship or a shipment of something. And they go and they give it to people who need it. Where you don't see Cassian do that. Maybe he does do that and we don't know it. But you just see him, like, spying and doing dirty work. And it's it can be very depressing. And if you don't see any of the good that comes out of what you do... um. And I think that's probably the prison that he's carrying around, which is like the same. Um, yeah, that's how he feels about his work in the rebellion. I feel like. Um, how do you think Cassian changes, or how does he change from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie? Um, a lot of movies, you see a big change from the character, from the good characters, from the beginning to the end. We talked. I talked with Valerie, your wife, last time about how much Jin had changed from the beginning to the end, about completely apathetic to like you know, full rebel. Um, how does Cassian change from the beginning to the end of the movie? Okay. I have pages of notes here. Like this isn't a sentence <laughs> okay. that you're asking me for. <laughs> I'm going to so go pop some popcorn. <laughs> you might want to. Uh, <laughs> no, well, we talked a little bit about the beginning. So, you know, the first time we see him, he's, um, he's being a spy. He's, you know, shooting that guy in the back. Um, I think, you know, I was thinking about that that look on his face that I saw, and I think he knows, you know, obviously he knows the Empire is evil, um, especially as he's learning about this, like, possible weapon that can destroy planets. Um, but I get the sense that, especially at the beginning, he's worried that the Rebellion is going to have to um, sort of lose some of its morality to fight the Empire, mm -hmm. like, at the expense of, of, um, of the morality that they, all these terrible things that they're doing, right? Um, but I also think that he starts to change as he realizes that, you know, because he's seeing the the morally gray areas of the rebellion, but he doesn't really give that same, have that same idea toward the empire. I think mm. until he starts to um, see Galen and is told that maybe Galen is possibly not a horrible human being. Right. But. Um, yeah. He feels pretty strongly about Galen at the beginning. Yeah. Um, when he's like questioning Jin about, have you seen him? Have you heard from your father? You know, stuff like that. Right. When it's all, I, I think Cassian's growth all comes down to trust, mm. right? He doesn't trust anyone um, because he's in an environment that's so secretive and dangerous. It's part of his job to not trust. Right. You know, that his position within the rebellion, it's not very conducive to trust. But um, through the course of the movie, he starts to trust, trust others, especially, uh, especially Jin. And I think I was thinking about this, like why, why he starts to trust her. And I think it, maybe it starts because he sees just how capable she is. And that, that is appealing to him just as a, as a soldier or as a, um, as a spy. Um, I think he's also probably a little bit intrigued by her, um, by her en enigmatic loyalties, mm. whereas he's been so straight laced right. for the rebellion, no matter what. Um, so I think he's intrigued by that. And then, of course, he starts to trust Chirrut and Baze after they save them from getting captured by the, you know, the, the stormtroopers. Um, 
and part of this is his is Cassian going from basically a lone wolf because that's again the nature of being a spy is mm-hmm. a lot of it is solitary um at least in terms of humans he's got he's got k2 but right. um but then he becomes like a leader of the team or at least a co-leader with with Jin and then you know later we start to see the real change when he's faced with the tough decision the hard decision which i think is probably one of the big reasons why i love Cassian is because i love characters that have to face this really hard decision which is does he trust Jin that Galen is good and sabotage the Death Star or does he trust his superiors and just kill Galen which is right. his mission yeah um but he knows by doing that he would also break Jin's heart and she's part of this team and is becoming his friend they're growing closer um but it also is extra has this extra layer of being interesting because when they land on Edu he has this dilemma and you see it but he can't tell anyone because obviously they're going to say, well, don't shoot Galen. Right, right. Right. So he can't tell anyone that he's going through this um, ethical and, and moral dilemma. And he's still bound by that. The secrecies of his, of his position. Um, yeah. I've always wondered in that scene when he goes up, he takes Bodhi with him and I don't know why does he take him with him? If he's planning on going up there, is it because Bodhi knows the area, but is it, he's going up there to kill. I mean, his goal is to kill Galen. Why take someone else with you who just defected and said Galen's a good guy? Why take that guy yeah. with you? I always assumed it was just so that Bodhi can confirm who what it was. Galen, who what he looks like, to confirm which of those people on the platform is Galen. Yeah. Especially because it's like rainy and it's going to be hard to see. Right, and right. I think I'm sure that Cassian had some idea of what Galen looked like in you know briefings and stuff. But that was kind of my yeah, understanding. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Um. Yeah. But yeah, at that point, I love that he, that's where he ultimately decides to listen to mm-hmm. his newfound trust, right? That's when he believes in it more than the orders and deciding not to assassinate Galen. Um, so yeah, that's, for me, that's a big, a big part of the change is just the, the theme and idea of trust. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the, the very first time I feel like he has to do that is, uh, when Jin happens upon a blaster, right? Oh yeah. And like K two is like, you're not gonna take that from her, and he like just lets uh, Jin have it because they're going to Jeddah, which she might need it there. But like he could have easily been like, no, you're not here to be a soldier. You're here as just like to get us in to talk to Saw. Um, but he let her have it, and that I think you're right. That was like the first step um, towards trust to much more trust later on with Jin. Um, it's really hard for me to understand him believing Jin over this general. General? What do they call him? Yeah, general, who he's listened to for however long. Um, yeah. And, like, which makes the next scene when they get back in the ship, and he's like, I disobeyed orders, you know, like, to him, this is like an army. Like, it's a, like, it is. And, like, he disobeyed orders, and there's major repercussions for that. Um, yeah. I don't know like where he stands and like um like how important is he how many um Cassians are there like his position across oh, right. like is he a very specific role that he plays or is it like so I don't know like how much pull does he have like can he mess up and they're like oh you're fine you know no problem or does he mess up and they're like you know you go and you clean up the wrath dart poop you know like what's the right um <laughs> so it would be really hard for someone who is that military minded to disobey orders like that. 
and I think you're yeah. right on where you, like that's where it shifts from him um, focusing so much on following orders and more focusing on what is right because um, someone's just telling him that Galen did the bad thing like he's the main scientist that created this Death Star um, but then his friend now is telling him no it's more than that like he yes he had to do that but he did something else to help us out as well right like back to the trust thing it's like he could trust his superior or trust himself and trust his gut right wait i have more information now right that my superiors do not have um and and trusting that and i I love that scene afterward Mm -hmm. because um the the scene you're mentioning because he's just done this hard thing of disobeying orders and he knows he could be in hot water obviously we don't like you said we don't really know how much hot water if he can brush it off or what but um, you get the sense that he could possibly be in trouble with of some kind, and he feel like feels like he's done the the right thing, <laughs> and then here's Jin calling him out for right. it, and I think that's why the the tensions and emotions get so high because because um, she's not wrong, like she hits she hits a button there, um, but at the same time he's frustrated with her because you know he didn't pull the trigger, right. he feels like he did the right thing, and now. She's calling him out, and he's probably going to get called out by the rebellion too. Right. And so he's still in this hard spot. Yeah, he's getting it from both sides, even though he did what he thought was right. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, um, what is your favorite quote from Cassian? Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I didn't think it would be because, like, when I saw that question, I was like, I could really only think of a couple quotes because there's so many other great quotes in this movie mm-hmm. that don't come from Cassian right. but um, this is really hard but well I love that the rebellions are built on hope thing that's kind of a line that's often attributed to Jin but he's the one that right. sort of gave her that line um, and she I mean rightly so that she's attributed to that because she carries it through and it's her line to sort of bring people together right. but I also love that um, it came from him Um I like, just in terms of, it's just a fun line. I like the line of when they're in the prison and he says, I'm beginning to think the force and I have different priorities. <laughs> yes. I like that one. Very um, uh, Han Solo of him. Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to not say his, his monologue toward the end, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the, um, every time I walked away from something I wanted to forget, I told myself it was for a cause that I believed in a cause that was worth it. Now that we lost, everything we've done would have been for nothing. I couldn't face myself if I gave up now. None of us could. And I love the, um, that's the ultimate point of him trusting Jin and saying, yeah, we'll, I'll follow you. We'll follow you. Um, we've done this, these hard things and we want it to be for something. Right. And it speaks to his character and the growth he's gone through. So That, uh, that scene with Jin at the table, Cassian's not there, but like that scene is so frustrating to me. Like there's all these people who... Know, right are supposed to be leaders in the rebellion and they're just like, Oh, they have a death star. Let's just not, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, yeah, they yeah. had star destroyers before that. And you had little Corellian cruisers. Like, I mean, it's not, you were already the underdog, you know, why stop right. now? Um, going back to that line, uh, the rebellions are built on hope on hope. Wow. That line surprises me. Yes. I attribute it to Jin more because of the situation where she says it. Um, and, but, when Cassian says it, it kind of catches me off guard because up until that point, he seems like a very pessimistic person. Mm. And then he says that like, 
um because he's like we hope that she'll get us a connection to saw and you know jen's like hope and he's like rebellions are built on hope and like that's like the first time i feel like i saw him like be optimistic like more i don't know it just was interesting to hear that line come from him the first time um and it kind of showed a side that i wasn't expecting to see from cassian um but yeah my i would say my other my favorite quote is probably his monologue at the end as well um that's like the turning point where he goes from like rebel to rebel rebel <laughs> like right. um it's just funny how like you have to rebel against the rebels to like keep doing what you wanted to do um so i like how i just like the shift that the movie takes after he delivers that line um right like he's at this point you know back to again back to this idea of trust like he's he's trusted the hierarchy but now he's willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. everything for the new trust you know even going against the rebellion itself if he has to right right and i love i love cassian's conviction and courage the idea that that doing the right thing involves people more than like processes or even like organizations at times that doing the right thing is about or should be about love right in this case cassian's love for this new group of friends and love for what the rebellion is really for which is people and saving people from the empire which of course is a a theme that rides through into like the last Jedi. But um, I love that Cassian embodies that or be, or learns to embody. Yeah. And with him not being in that meeting, he didn't know that like Radis was like, yeah, let's fight him as well. You know, he he didn't know that there was other people who are willing to, you know, help as far as he knew it was these 20 people or however many it was, maybe 30, I don't know. Plus, you know, the main characters and it was going to be them, basically against the empire and he was still ready to like go for it um and yeah so it was just interesting to see how optimistic he was compared to what he was at the beginning of the movie i'm still upset that in that meeting and this is a total aside but that merrick who is my favorite (laughs) pilot you know merrick with his mustache he seems to be on the side of let's not right um and that that's still i want to fast forward that scene because i know it's coming and i'm like no merrick (laughs) Because you see how right, you know, like later when he's just enjoying right. shooting up TIE fighters, right. how much he's loving it. Yes. So like, why, why did you fight against it? I think it's just the general in him such, or something. But. Such negative <laughs> words shouldn't come out of a mouth with, with such a good mustache. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What is your... Um, and maybe this is the same as the uh, quote, but what would you say is your favorite scene with Cassian? No, I was going to say that scene that we talked about in the in the ship after mm. Cassian has decided to not pull the trigger. Um, well, and even the scene right before leading up to it too, because, and this is sort of cheating the question because it's multiple scenes, but <laughs> but I love that Cassian decides not to pull the trigger and then realizes that it was the right choice because he sees Krennic like hit Galen. Right. And, um, but that's prior to him. Like he's already made that choice. And I love that, that he's made the choice when it was hard, not when it was easy. Mm. Um, you know, where that's where the, the true courage is. Right. Um, but, but really yeah, that scene in the ship, because, um, you know, again, he feels like it was the right choice that he didn't pull the trigger and he's, no, he's going to be in trouble with the Alliance. Um, but Jin's accusations aren't exactly unfounded because they did go there to kill him. Um, and on top of it, he's frustrated that he's been on in this fight for so long, and Jin's just now deciding 
right. where her moralities lie. Right. You know, he's being a bit hipster about it. <laughs> and he calls out her privilege. Right. Um, there's just a lot going on in that scene. And then I really like um, the line uh, toward the end of that scene where Jin says, you know, orders when you know they're wrong, mm-hmm. you might as well be a stormtrooper. Right. And that like sets Cassian off. Yeah. And it's not, I think it's not because she's wrong, but it goes back to what I said before, that that's his fear that um, that must be on his mind that they're, the ideas of morality are being blurred with all the bad stuff they've done that mm-hmm. um, I'm sure he's wondering, is he any better than a stormtrooper? Right. I think that's why it sets off those emotions for him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene. It's super emotional. Um, I, I can't, I was trying to remember if there's even like music playing in that scene or if it's the, or if it's just the two of them talking. Um, I think it's just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which always makes it like more intense when there's no music in the background to kind of doll it out. Um, yeah, I love that scene. And the other characters are just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says, anyone else? And like, <laughs> Baze just like lays down. Leans He's back. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite um, is the part with Cassian uh, where he gets slapped in the face by K2. I think K2 obviously is trying to act, you know, uh, like an Imperial um, droid. Um, my... And it's a great, it's a good scene. Uh, but my favorite part is that you can see Diego Luna like trying not to laugh. And people love right. watching people break, right? Yeah. Um, and like he's like holding his hand over his face. And he's like barely not laughing. Barely, yeah. barely laughing or barely not laughing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then you find out afterwards, or if you like, like look at anything um, deeper into the scene, you find out that, oh, it was Diego Luna who suggested the slap. And then Alan Tudyk, oh, yeah. And then Alan Tudyk was the one that, like, I don't know if he improved it or wrote the line. Um, there's a fresh one for you if you mouth off again. Right. I'd heard that there was some improvisation there. Yeah. But I didn't know that maybe that was the Diego Luna's idea. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That that whole what you just said just reminded me, like, how could we improv if Alan Tudyk is in a motion capture suit? Like, how does the slap work? I don't know how that stuff works when it's a motion capture suit and then you put like a droid over top of it. It's Hollywood's crazy. Absolutely right. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I love that scene. Um, and it shows the relationship. I mean, that Cassian would let him, not let him, I mean that K2 felt like he could do that and get away with it shows their relationship. But then afterwards he's like, sorry about the slap like he feels bad yeah. about it like he knows that maybe he shouldn't have done it and uh cassian's just like get back to the ship like he doesn't want to talk about right. it yeah. um so kind of confused how cassian feels about it um right but you can tell that k2 did not like doing that but felt like it was probably good for the situation but i just love the idea of a droid apologizing <laughs> i i don't know why but that just brings me joy like they have <laughs> feelings i don't know it's, yeah yeah they totally do, especially in Star Wars. Yes, definitely. Um, so the Andor series, I think, is filming now, right? Or s- it's filming, or they, or they finished. Okay. It's. Um, I know there was that little like sizzle reel. I don't know if you watched that with Diego Luna. Yeah, it, he just talking a lot right. about it, a little bit about it, and they showed some of the sets. Right. And, yes. 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 Like they didn't show a ton, but like, man, I am. That's. That is my most anticipated Star Wars thing, more than Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, well, it's it's yeah. Kenobi hasn't started filming yet that I know of. 
but I don't think yeah, so. But they just released the cast for it, and I don't think right. they've done that even for the and Andor series. But maybe maybe they did it. I missed I, it. I don't know. But I don't think so. I think they confirmed that um, Alan Tudyk is yeah. K two, which is like you have to have right. That. So, yes, hundred percent. Um, I can't wait. I really can't wait. And I'm not even like huge into prequels. Like I'm not. I'm excited for Obi Wan Kenobi because it's star wars right and i'll always be excited for star wars but um cassie and there's just more unknown there mm-hmm. i think and yeah so it's intriguing uh what are you hoping to see in the andor series the andorlorian you think that's what they'll call I think it there's someone yeah, yes the Andorian. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the official title <laughs> the um i think we get a lot of hints of cassian's backstory like he's been in this fight for so long he's clearly lost people like he mentions um, he's carrying a prison around with him. Um, so yeah, I think there's enough hints in, and, and part of me wishes it was in rogue one, but it ultimately is Jin's story. So I get why I get why we don't get his childhood on top of Jin's. Right. Although I just want to know what it is. And so, um, I don't know how deep or how far back with flashbacks they'll go or anything, but I just, I'm just excited to get more of his character and more of what he's up to. I'm really hoping we see him get k2 mm-hmm. i'm i mean they've got to do that right like, they have to that seems like the number one thing that they have right. to do so it's like the han chewy moment you know like everyone yeah. wanted to see that exactly do you think when they go flashbacks they'll still have like diego luna but just like in a smaller <laughs> in a smaller they'll body. just use no they'll use clips from dirty dancing havana nights <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he you're looks right. so young and fresh-faced oh, and, and i like i watched I have to look it up now. a clip today and like literally right before we started recording, that's what I was doing. I was watching a clip from Dirty Dancing Havana Nights and he looked really young. Um, but that movie is in like 2004. Oh, yes. it, oh He looks wow. way younger oh, my than in Rogue One. Yeah. He looks like he's tw- like 18. Yeah. Or 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still looks good though. Is that oh, weird yeah. to say? If he looks 12? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Well, no. no. That Yeah. I meant that, yeah, if he's an adult. He doesn't actually look 12. <laughs> but he just looks young. Right. Yeah. Very young. That's, um, that's yeah, we'll stop there before we get into a danger er- dangerous area. But yeah, that's what they'll use for flashbacks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll have that. I just was looking at images and there's a scene with him and the girl on the beach where he's like, like he has his arms around her, like showing her how to dance. Mm-hmm. That would be like him and K two, you know. That's like okay. That's like I was gonna say he's on the beach. So is there like a mushroom cloud in the back? <laughs> Not in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> he's whispering in her ear. Your father would be proud. <laughs> She's like, yeah. why? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think K two and Cassian meeting. That would be like what I'd want to see the most. Um, did he reprogram K two or right. K two? reprogrammed before he got to cassian was this just his idea did he do it with orders or just do it for fun right like what yeah i want to know it all yeah. um okay so anything else before we move on about cassian that you wanted to say uh no i think that uh i think that covers my love <laughs> okay <laughs> um so if you could change one thing about rogue one what would it be? It could be about Cassian or it could be about anything. The soundtrack, maybe that B flat should be an A sharp. I don't know. Um, 
in one of the songs, but I, I feel I feel like I have a few things, and I hate to say them because like I really do love this movie right. a lot, and uh, none of them really bring it down for me. But um, the music in spots feels a little weird to me, but I also give it a a, a pass because they like was this the one where they switched they switched mm-hmm. composers like yeah. right before yep. right. Um, so yeah, that's whatever. But I feel like my biggest one. I feel like the main team should have an alien mm. um i feel like yes i don't know who it would be like i guess Baze kind of has the least to do um so if Baze was just an alien that would have been cool yeah. i think in early concept art and concept story ideas there was going to be alien like on the main crew but it kind of just got lost as the story changed through the process but um that seemed unfortunate i think I don't know. That's something I love about the the rebellion, and we get background alien characters, right, but right. I feel like there should have been one on the team. We have a droid, we have humans. We got to have an alien. In yeah, there. yeah. I was gonna, I was thinking we don't get a whole lot of aliens, even when they go to Scarif. There's a couple on the rogue team, but that yeah, not a whole lot. Yeah, mostly humans, yeah. humanoids, I should say. Exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Well. Uh, let's do the Star Wars random fact of the podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. As you wish. So, because we're talking about uh, Diego Luna and Cassian, I had to find a Diego Luna and Cassian fact. Um, and it also includes Alan Tudyk and Felicity Jones. So, when they filmed the Scarif scenes, um, I guess... All those took place in the Maldives, Maldives, um, however you say that. Um, apparently, while they were filming that, Felicity, Felicity Jones, Alan Tudyk, and Diego Luna were all living on a boat together while they were filming the, that section of the movie. And that's amazing. Yeah, like that would that would be amazing. I mean, right? Who else was there? I wonder um, that didn't get mentioned. In it was it just those three, or was there like? Someone else. How much right. money would you give to spend a week on a boat with Felicity Jones, Alan Tudyk, and Cassie Nandor? All the money. I would give all the monies <laughs> to whom to whomever. You're about to have your fourth and child, and you're like, "Sorry, babe, I'm I'm out." <laughs> I'm. Yeah. I took all the money. Yeah. She's. I mean, she could have the baby any moment, and if she went to delivery right now. Well, she might be. Well, you don't even know. Say that. You got headphones on. She might yeah. be. I, I was going to take that thought further, but we'll let you imagine okay. what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, and that is your random Star Wars fact of the podcast. The Force will be with you always. Thank you, Casey, so much for being here. Thank you. I always have a, a joyous time on sort of Star Wars. And I mean, I got to talk about Star yeah. Wars. So what's better? What's better than that? literally <laughs> uh is there anything you like to plug at all before we head out sure as mentioned i am one half of the podcast hello from elsewhere and we talk about all kinds of pop culture stuff where sometimes we talk about star wars we talk about lord of the rings harry potter um you know wes anderson uh merrick's mustache <laughs> everything you could possibly imagine michael sure we dive deep into michael yeah. sure yeah a good place yeah. Yep. I was trying to work yeah, in. Uh, stuff, I was so. trying to work Chidi into your like introduction. I was like, "How can I get Chidi Anagonye? Like, how do him and 
yeah, I just couldn't figure out. This this is how, because Chidi says that his mind, he says, you know the sound a fork makes when it's in a garbage, garbage disposal. disposal. Yeah. That's the sound my mind makes all the time. <laughs> and that's that's literally the sound my mind makes all the time. So, But you wrote a thesis and it didn't look like Chidi's, right? Like It was not as long, <laughs> no. And it was not on moral philosophy, right. it was on... Harry Potter, but yes, I did write a thesis. It did not get thrown in the trash by uh, an advisor. <laughs> Luckily. Luckily. Um, do you have that thing like um, like binded and everything and like on the shelf? Like you can get out and you read it to the kids at night or anything? No, I do not. But it should be available to like find online soon. Okay. Like there's a process of they like digitize it. And I don't know why it has to be. I don't know. Like it's already on the computer. But yeah. they like do all this review and stuff before it's like available on the digital library okay. at the school. So it'll be available there soon, but I should, I should like bind it or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like the three hole punch with like yarn, keep it together. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was like trying to find like, can I find anything about Casey? That would be like a weird thing that he'd be like surprised that I knew about him. And so I'm like Googling Casey Winters. Apparently there's like another Casey Winters who is more well known than like you. A business, a business person or something. Yes. What is it? Let me find him again. The, the, yeah, uh, I've, I've seen that. Chief product officer of Eventbrite. He's yeah, all over the place. He, that's not He's me. Totally overshadowing um, you on Google. So, should I'm cuter than he is. <laughs> that's so. true. I actually don't remember what he looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, you win. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Casey Winters, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he wants to be on next. Maybe he's a Star Wars fan. The Maybe. world is crazy. Could be. Uh, thanks again, Casey, for being here. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. And be safe. Be courteous. Bye. See you later, alligator.